coming at you live from the frozen tundra that is east central alberta canada streaming live on youtube facebook float odyssey telegram twitch and thursday evenings the prepper broadcast network welcome back to the workshop where we create community find freedom promote preparedness and share success i am Toolman tim and today is october the 20th 2022 and this is episode 189 of the workshop podcast so how is everyone doing it's been a busy week already i don't know about you guys but uh things are hopping here in the workshop so we'll get through the announcements and then after that we are going to do a weekly workshop roundup hey renegade butcher how are you we're going to do a weekly workshop roundup tell you what all the heck has been going on in my life uh, and then from there, we're going to go into a bunch of generator feedback, uh, got some questions, got some tips from community members. And then at the end, we're going to knock out some of the best boostergrams I've got in the last month. So number one, I didn't want to unveil it yet because I was waiting for some people to pick uh, to get theirs in the mail, but patch the month club. So if you guys are wondering, here is the patch for month number two, built like a brick. Anybody know what that is next to it? A note house or better known as a shit house so built like a brick shit house this was the patch that everybody got in their package this month so if you are looking for a way hey melissa white good to have you if you are looking for a way to support the workshop or you want to do a good value for value exchange then this is the way to do it go by patch of the month.co sign up 10 bucks a month hundred dollars a year and you get one of these cool politically incorrect here's the other one been prepping since Y2K, you'll get one of those every single month sent to your dooryard. And yes, I do take crypto. I've been getting those questions quite a bit lately. Just processed my second membership for crypto. Lightning is the easiest, thanks to Brian and Josh who have helped me immensely, basically dragged me kicking and screaming, getting set up with Lightning, but uh, it's paid off. So anyway, if you're wondering, drop by, reach out, whatever. Been getting a few subscribers just this week, so thank you guys. I really do appreciate it, and I want you guys to get the value out of it uh, because also not just you don't just get these. I usually throw stickers in as the each month when I send the stuff out, but you also get added to a super secret exclusive list. So anytime I release a new product or have a new announcement, you guys are the first ones to get access to it. So I hope that is a, a little added incentive so far. Number two, Fountain. You guys have heard me talk about Fountain.fm. If you're not on there, you're in the wrong. No, that's not true. You, you can use whatever you want, but I certainly love Fountain. And the biggest reason why I've liked Fountain so far is the interaction. I don't care about getting paid in sats or Bitcoin or whatever. It's great. It's a nice little bonus that uh, none of the other platforms do. But what I love is the interaction between the community, and myself. It's the easiest way for somebody just to comment and say, hey, Tim, love this, love that, whatever, and then I can boost back. So it is so, so great. I love it. So please, if you're thinking, if, if you're not sure, if you're not real happy with your platform that you're using or your podcast podcast catcher player, whatever that you're using, then drop in, uh, give it a shot. And if you're out there and you're a content creator and you haven't signed up for Fountain, Reach out to me. I will help you the best I can. I've got people, <laughs> Brian and Josh especially, but Brian, uh, who helped me immensely, again, get, getting set up on Fountain, but it is a great platform. If you are a creator out there, get on it and use it. Melissa White says, all I hear in my head is, she's a brick host. Mighty, mighty, letting it all hang out. <laughs> Good to have you, Mel. Always appreciate it. And of course, Thursday night, we are on the Prepper Broadcast Network, so we are live over there as well. So we will have some uh, chat members from the Element, uh, Element.io group over there. So if we see any of them, we'll pass it along. But if you guys are looking for new content to listen to, run by the Prepper Broadcast Network and definitely 100% check that out. Fountain uh, is the shit, according to Renegade Butcher, and he would know. He is an expert on shit. So uh, today's tool... The PRI-G fuel stabilizer. I figured since we're talking about generators tonight, today's tool should be something that we use with our generators. And it is the best fuel stabilizer out there. Links in the description if you're looking for it. It's a little more expensive up front, but it is the least expensive fuel stabilizer per liter or per gallon in freedom units. You know how it is. But uh, yeah, so check it out. 
and renegade butcher says damn straight so we're not uh yeah we're not uh, doing anything uh, we're not out of the ordinary here so real quick i wanted to tell you guys something i almost we were this was almost streaming on tiktok tonight as well i was playing with technology behind the scenes right up until the very last minute so i was a couple of minutes uh late getting started didn't quite happen. It's going to happen. They act, yeah. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. But uh, TikTok is growing like crazy. Had a video blow up there again yesterday and today. It's had almost 200,000 views since I, in about 24 hours. So it, it's grown the channel some more. I'm going to get over there. We're going to get on that. And anyway, so hope everybody is having a good week. I have my old fashioned with me in my Toolman Tim mug. Stop, stop talking about things, Tim, and move on here. Oh, that is good. That Knob Creek bourbon, whew, very, very good. All right, so I'm going to fill you guys in on what's been going on. You know, it has been, I've been run ragged in the good sense since I got back from Tennessee. It's been, oh, five on five on Twitch. Excellent. Good to have you there, Mr. Chris. So yeah, I've been run off my feet since I got back from Tennessee. And in just over two weeks... I am heading south again. Got a lot to get done before that, but that's okay. I'll record you guys some good content that you will have. I've got a bunch of things to bust through here. First thing, check out freesteading.com. A tag from Life Done Free. I reached out to him the other day because you guys keep telling me what a straight up awesome dude he is. He has a platform called freesteading.com. It's for homesteading, independent living type people who are very much into no censorship, free speech. So it's a good platform. Just launched my member over there. Like, I'm I'm not 100% sure if I've got everything set up right yet, but you can find me as a user on there, and we will have a workshop group before too long. Uh, and for the second uh, announcement, yes, I do take crypto for Patch of the Month Club. I had that in my notes. I wanted to touch on it one more time. Spent an entire day today, guys, putting together furniture for the daycare for Becky. I, I, I don't always love putting together furniture, but if I can do it in my garage, listening to a audiobook with nobody around to bother me, I enjoy it. And for the record, I've been listening to Lucifer's Hammer recently by Larry Niven. It was recommended to me by uh, the guys from the Casual Preppers podcast, and it's been really good. It's a long book, but it, it talks about a comet that's coming toward Earth and the preparations for it. And yeah, it's just, it's pretty cool science fiction with a bit of prepper porn mixed in. Hey, LG, how are you? Good to have you. Had a crazy week this week for live streaming. It's been awesome, guys. I just got to tell you, uh, number one, we had an, a very fun and very lively conversation with the Fireside Freedom crew. The other night, we went two full hours. Everybody ganged up on me and picked on me for uh, liking electric vehicles, and they called me a tree hugger and said I was a left-wing liberal and a nut job and I don't know. I think they kicked me out of the group. I'm not sure. But no, it was a great episode. We had a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, and then the next day uh, in the afternoon, I went live with John Willis and Nicole Sauce. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, check it out. The audio will be playing while I'm gone in a couple of weeks. I've got that saved as one of the episodes to play while you're... So if you need something to listen to, that will be there for you. I opened up my Predator Generator, had a lot of fun with that so far. If you guys saw my first uh, initial kind of unboxing reviews, hey, Chuck Peoples, evening all to you as well. But I got the Predator 3500 watt generator out of the box, assembled, running, and that thing purrs like a quiet kitten. I got to tell you, pretty good. Told you about the video going viral on TikTok. That's been pretty exciting. It's it's quite fun when you can log in and check in about 10 minutes and you have another thousand views. That is definitely the platform that is growing for sure. <laughs> Martinson family said you didn't fucking swear at them Yankee wankers enough. I'm not sure if she's being <laughs> if they're being um, facetious or, or sarcastic or not. I can't I can't remember if I swore enough in that one or not. But I, I you know it is what it is. Uh, my gutter guy showed up. So there's been a couple, there's a couple of jobs I've told you guys about that I didn't know if they're going to get done this year. And uh, yeah, the first one was my, my eaves trough. You guys love it when I call them eaves trough. So I have a guy that was supposed to come and put them up for me simply because, hey, it's going to be easier for me to have him do it. So they actually showed up a couple of days ago, took some measurements and said they're coming Friday. 
believe it when I see it, but I think it might be going to happen. And then the very same day, I get a phone call from the gas company and said, hey, we are going to deliver your secondary line for your garage. I thought that had been completely lost in the shuffle. So there's a good chance, guys, that I'm going to have steady heat in my garage for the first time since we bought this house. I'm excited because it really sucks trying to work on a broken snowblower when, <laughs> yeah, it sucks working on a broken snowblower when it's minus 30 outside. Because if it's minus 30 outside, even with that propane heater turned on when I get in there, it never warms up enough. So pretty excited. We had a tenant skip out on a property, left it an absolute ungodly mess. I will share some pictures with you just simply because you can see what we end up dealing with sometimes. But this dude let his cat just shit in the basement in a corner. You can tell he did because he just threw cat litter in the corner and let them go. And apparently at some point while he was living there, he decided that uh, garbage just goes down in the basement, loose, not even in garbage bags. So we got a bit of a mess to clean up. Not the worst in the world. I've seen way worse, but that we're doing that Monday. We're heading up to Lloydminster tomorrow to clean up a drug den. That should be kind of fun. <laughs> we got extra live streams coming up, guys. Uh, I'm throwing a lot at you, but I got a lot I want to cover. I'm pretty excited. So we have, who do we have coming up? So tomorrow night, we have Nat, the preparedness guy. He is coming on. He's a good buddy of mine. We spent quite a bit of time talking at Prepper Camp, and we had interacted on social before, so that was really cool. We have Kayla from Tactical Response. Quite excited about that. She'll be on Monday morning. Uh, we have Ed from Iridium. Uh, if you guys follow him, he John Willis from SOE Tactical is the one that uh, kind of facilitated us meeting. Ed is a crazy cool Canadian dude that is going to have way too much to talk about. He is an expert on so many subjects, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And we've got a few more coming up. But any of the out-of-the-ordinary live streams you see coming up, they'll be on YouTube, but the audio won't be in the podcast feed until I'm away to the TSP uh, fall workshop. For what it's worth, um, I am leaving November 5th to head to Jack's. I'll be back around the 15th. So I'll still be available. I'll be on social. I'll probably still do a couple of live streams if I find the time. And yeah, you guys will have all the content you can imagine while I'm gone. I went shopping at Costco this week, picked up some pretty cool Duracell rechargeable headlamps. They come with little, I think they're lithium ion rechargeable batteries, and they can also be swapped out for regular AAA batteries. We're going to test them. And I don't know if I've shown you guys a picture of it yet or not, but I picked up this really, really cool cat brand all-in-one battery pack. It's an automotive kind of survival device. It has um, a booster pack, it has an inflator, and it has charging ports so that you can charge things off it as well. So it's a, it's a kind of a three-in-one device. I'm going to put it through its paces, probably take it with me to Jack's just to have it as a backup for a backup. Um, <laughs> we added another addition to the family. I don't know if I've told you about this one or not, but while I was gone, Becky sent me a picture. She said, "Hun, this is Daisy. But I said, we already have a Daisy. This Daisy came from an elderly gentleman's home who had to go into assisted living. And I believe he may have had some Alzheimer's issues because he was feeding Daisy all the time. This little Daisy was supposed to be five pounds and she weighs 17 and a half pounds. Well, she did when we got her. So I had to install a bigger dog door for the poor little thing. She still hasn't figured out how to use it, but I've installed another one of those weatherproof dog doors. I enjoy those quite a bit. And for the record, little Daisy has lost a pound already. So she, she's coming around. Episode numbers. I, I need to shout out. I'm not sure who caught it in Telegram today, but I was reading and realized I had two episode 183s. So that has been rectified in the podcast feed. So yeah, that's me. Uh, it's been twice now, but it's fixed. <laughs> had Mrs. Toolman on on Saturday. She's coming back this Saturday as well, which is great. And another cool episode is our Halloween episode, October 30th this year. I'm going to have John and Amanda Willis from SOE on. We're going to talk about their urban exploring and a bunch of different things. And I am sure that conversation will go in a thousand different degrees and angles. And I think Mrs. Toolman is going to be on as well. Now, I'm going to try to show you this in the uh, feed here, guys. But John sent this, not participating in your new normal. So once a week, I'm going to show off a shirt that John sent me. He just sent me a package of four of them. If you're looking for good shirts, check out SOE. Uh, just... John's just a stand-up guy. He seriously has helped me so much in my content journey. So we got through the weekly workshop. Sorry, it went a little long, but 
there's a lot of exciting things happening. And uh, I'd like to hear about all the exciting things that are happening with you. That's why at the end today, we're going to do some boostergrams from Fountain because I have just, you know, I got good news from community members this month and I got bad news from a community, a couple of community members, but it's all in how you respond and how you react to what happens, right? Okay, so first we're going to go through, we've got some generator stuff we're going to deal with. Mostly everything is generator tonight, which is kind of cool because you guys know that's right up my wheelhouse. But I decided I normally do questions first and tips second. We're going to live wild and we're going to do tips first and questions second. So, <laughs> so these are mostly tips that came through YouTube from different community members and users. Uh, this guy's name's Jay. And oh, Melissa, we're going to talk what Melissa had here. First, she said, I used to work in property management and people can leave places just disgusting. Some of the things I found will make your stomach turn. I may do a bit of a walkthrough of this property. The guy skipped out, moved out of province. I mean, obviously there won't be anything that you can identify who it was or anything, but it was a mess. We've had some real, some real messes over the years. It had been a while, so I guess we are due for one, but you are right, Melissa. They, uh, whew, yeah, the stuff that people do. So Jay, this was a cool tip. I had to, I wanted to share this one with you, but he said, uh, you can also get military surplus generators cheap as well like a huge one on a trailer for 500 to 1,000 all day long. At least that's what I've seen in my area. Now, we don't have, um, I know Chris Dixon probably isn't on here now. Martinson family is though. I haven't found, I don't know if we just don't get rid of stuff as the Canadian military as much, but I've had a hell of a time trying to even find military surplus stuff here in Canada. But for you know the majority of workshop community members who live in the States, this could be a really cool opportunity I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun to roll up to the house and be like, hey, honey, look what I bought. And, you know, you, you tell her uh, it was a tank. Really? No, it wasn't a tank. It was just a generator on a trailer. And the thing, you know, probably weighs a thousand pounds and it's huge, but at least it wasn't a tank, right? But that's really cool. Uh, and I'm going to guess they're diesel. I, I'm, As you guys know, I'm a big fan of diesel. I don't have a diesel generator, but they are, you know, damn near bulletproof. So, yeah, I mean, surplus auctions and that kind of stuff are always a good place to check out. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, Canadian Farmstead, how are you? Said, it's hard to have surplus when you're always short supplied. Ain't that the truth? Here's a funny story, guys. When I was in junior high in the mid-90s, we had the Sea King helicopters, which were already, now my numbers could be a little off here, but the story is what it is. They were way past their prime. They It was something like 100 hours of service time for every hour of in-flight time or so. It was insane. They were wearing out. They were looking to um, exchange them or, you know, replace them with a newer model. Here we are damn near 30 years later. And some of those sea Kings are still in service. That's if that's not prototypical Canadian military, I don't know what is, but you are right. Canadian farmstead. <laughs> you made me chuckle. I appreciate that. Uh, this one CP's garage. He said, I can hundred percent confirm the only thing left before, during, and after a major power outage, every hurricane I've been through, all I could ever get was diesel. Oh, that was kind of cool. Gas, on the other hand, long lines and always a chore to find. We are currently stuck without power from Hurricane Ian. This is a little while ago. We are five days and counting. I'm 100% switching to diesel before next hurricane season. It's up in the air between Yamaha, Yamra, I don't know that one, or Kubota. I was thinking about one of the, mer oh, this is another guy, another one with the military surplus ones or one off of an RV. But cost-wise, uh, cost I'm thinking about a 14,000 14, watt Kubota which uh, could come with a new warranty. I'm in the market for a non-portable whole house one. The Kubotas have lifting points to you know, easily lift the engine and uh, with a hoist or a forklift. So that I that, that whole concept of diesel, sometimes it's worth thinking outside the box. And number one, we all should be storing some fuel on hand, whether it's propane, gasoline, whatever it happens to be. But if you're not, and you're in a pinch, storing diesel, uh, getting a hold of diesel during an outage tends to be a lot easier. A few years ago, a family member I know had less than five gallons of gas for their generator. The closest gas station was well over a half an hour away. So you're looking at an over an hour round trip to get back. He got there, had to sit in line for an hour or two waiting for gas. And when he got to the pump, they had a five-gallon limit. 
So he damn near burnt five gallons of gas driving up, sitting there and driving back in order to get five gallons of gas for his generator. So two things, fuel storage, guys, we all know that fuel storage is of the utmost importance. If you haven't seen the uh, fuel rotation system that I use that I totally 100% learned from Jack Spearco, it's deadly simple and you can expand it infinitely, but you start with, you can start with three or six or go crazy with 12 five gallon cans, but whatever it is, say you have three. So you put a one, a two and a three on it. And the first month you take that and you fill it. And the second month you take the second one, you fill it. The third month, you take the third one, you fill that. And at that point, it's not going to cost you any more money because on the fourth month, you're going to take can number one and you're going to dump it into your fuel tank in your vehicle. Then you're going to throw it on the back of your truck or whatever, drive to the gas station, fill that back up. So now at that point, your gas never gets old because you're always rotating it and it doesn't cost you anything because you already had to put that fuel in your vehicle. So it, it it's a little bit of a cost up front, but it's really not that bad. Either look for used or I would just buy them on sale. Uh, you know, five gallon gas cans. I use the Scepter brand up here in Canada, but buy one at a time, start stocking up on them, then fill them up with gas. Then once they're full, they don't cost you anything and you just keep rotating. All right. Next one came from Neil Bushnell. Said, as a prepper and a mechanic, retired heavy duty operator, forest timber worker, I've seen and used many fuel stabilizing chemicals through my 44 years of employment. Said, uh, first was in Washington's Olympic Peninsula. He said, fuel storage opinion. Number one, non-ethanol fuel. Said, I won't gamble with the ethanol crap. I love sharing this kind of stuff because this is a guy that has lived it. 44 years of employment and personal life. He knows that fuel is important, working in the woods and all of that. Said, um, early on, seafoam was my go-to for two-cycle saws, generators, and it worked great, keeping my two-cycle engines running for a few months. My employer wouldn't support us using expensive non-ethanol fuel. Go figure. Imagine that. Seafoam didn't seem to perform as well after a long winter work season uh, or in the 100-inch-plus rainfall forest environment. Said, I found PRI-G. Again, for my personal use, my bulk prepper tanks are filled with 92 octane non-ethanol fuel with the recommended percentage of PRIG. I'm now three years into my fuel's idle storage condition and my six-month fuel effectiveness test reveals my stored fuel runs all of my engines just as well as if they were fresh. I know that was a little long, but I really wanted to share that one with you because that is somebody that has lived you know, fuel storage and used fuel for their work for decades and they swear by PRI-G. So if you're looking for a, a fuel preservative, a fuel stabilizer, that's the way to go. Now here's the next one. This one was kind of funny and I got to slide back because a little while ago, I want to say it was on Fireside Freedom. Carrie Brown asked me what the strangest thing I saw was on my trip down and back from Tennessee. Hey, we just got a like over on Facebook as well. Thank you. And there was something I'd completely forgot about, but one of the days that I was, the first day I got to SRF before the actual festival started, Mama Sauce come to me and she said, can you drive out and pick up a TV or some pieces and parts for me? I said, sure. It's about a 45 minute drive each way. And as I was heading out onto this uh, twisty, turny country road, I come out to this straight stretch in a tall hill that just goes straight up, kind of a long petered up hill. And I look and I see this guy coming down with a half ton truck and I can kind of see to the side and he's got a little four by eight utility trailer, way, way overloaded with lumber, like beyond overloaded. And as he's coming down, that is fishtailing, like nobody's business all over the road. And I think I slowed right down. I pulled as far over to the, the shoulder of the road as I could. I thought he's going ass over tea kettle and I'm going to get hit. Somehow he kept control of it, came to a stop at the bottom of the hill and pulled into a driveway. It was a bit scary, especially you're in a different country you're a long ways from home you think oh this is going to be bad right anyway so this guy this story here all about roofing says don't put 212 pounds on the back of a ball hitch trailer we're talking about a big generator here said a fifth wheel maybe but trust me from personal experience it will cause the ball hitch trailer to fishtail said i came as close as possible to rolling over my rig without actually rolling it he said the wheels on my truck were coming off the ground as it pitched and heaved back and forth said, when I stopped, every cabinet was open. The contents of my camper, including the fridge, were on the floor. He said, if you put 212 pounds on the back of a 25-foot camper, 
The tongue weight becomes too light and the camper will not tow properly. Shorter campers, it's even worse. Don't take my word for it. Google it and you'll see. He is 100% correct. If you guys want to see, there's some pretty cool, I don't know, like there's TikTok videos, YouTube shorts, where they put a, a, tr a little mini truck with a little trailer and they have it going on a uh, conveyor belt and they put the weight in different spots on the trailer. Pay attention to how you load things. If you're not sure, load a little bit heavier on the tongue than on the back, because if you have too much weight on the ass end, you are going to have a bad day. So if you're going downhill and your back end starts fishtailing, the first thing you think you're going to want to do is hit your brakes. And if you do that, you're going for it. So what's actually better is to just hold on to the steering wheel and speed up a little bit. Sometimes you can actually drive out of that fishtail a bit. Don't do it crazy and don't do something, you know, don't get in an accident and say, Tim said so. But yes, that can be something that can save you until you get to a flat stretch where you can gradually slow down or hopefully going up a hill that'll really slow you down. But yes, pay attention to, thanks LG, uh, pay attention to where you load weight on a trailer. It, it could literally cost you an arm and a leg or maybe even your life. And I don't want that to happen, but just pay attention. And you don't always realize where, like I, just my stupid little garbage trailer the other day, I went to pick it up to put it onto the ball hitch and it was so heavy and I didn't realize I had all the wood loaded to the front. So, you know, a nice balanced load with a little bit more to the front than the back is ideal, but just pay attention to how you do it. That's all. Uh, so community questions. This one came from Pat. He says, Hey Tim, do you know if it's possible for me to continue doing my work on a computer with a generator like the Furman? Uh, he said, I can't ever get a good answer on this stuff. He says, do you use a surge protector power bar? Does that even work? Is the power clean enough? I have no clue. He said, I'm buying everything listed in your video. This list is a godsend for me. So here's where the concern comes in, guys. And this is something you should always contact the manufacturer on. If you're buying a non-inverter generator, you want to know how clean or dirty that power is. So a typical, you know, sine wave, good, good clean power for electronics in your house and most modern electronics need pretty good clean power it's just that typical wave sign you see up and down nice and smooth but if you end up having something like the Furman for instance which has 11 to 14 percent total harmonic distortion you end up getting it jagged and all up and down and it's not real good on electronics so this is what renegade butcher says and he's not wrong you need a ups so ideally what you would want I've been looking at a lot of these different things because you don't want to, long-term, you do not want to run sensitive electronics off of a dirty power generator. Sounds like a funny name, but anyway. So you want to find a workaround for that. Surge protectors won't work. What's going to happen is they're going to probably just pop because it doesn't, It sometimes the power's up or down, just kind of screws things up. Now, UPS is great. Uh, ideally, what you can do, because I've looked into this with some of these, is have it powered up so when the power goes out, you can just run it off that and then periodically charge it from the generator. Because with that dirty power, sometimes the UPSs will click on and click off. So what you want to do is just kind of charge it up and then use it to run things off of. So make sure everything's shut down when you're ready to charge the UPS again, because some of these, especially the more dirty generators, they will kind of interfere with the circuitry of a UPS. And that's an uninterruptible power supply. It looks like a massive power bar or a small computer tower that has batteries built into it. It's constantly being charged by your regular household power. And then when power goes out, it starts beeping sometimes and it'll allow you to run your computer and things off it. They're a good power source backup. They're perfectly clean and you can use them to run your TV, your Wi-Fi router, your computer, anything like that. And a lot of them, if they're big enough, you could run for quite some time. So something to consider. So don't, don't forget about that kind of stuff, guys. This one was from Suzanne McCutcheon. I know a few McCutcheons and I'm wondering if it may be related for um, a person I may know, but they said, do generators need to rest? So here's the thing. Uh, I have talked to Furman customer support. I talk to them quite a bit because I like the Furman generators. But they said, typically, you know, most generators need to have an oil change between every 50 and 100 hours. And for the most part, they're good to run for that entire time. But they need to stop, <laughs> cool down, and have the oil changed. So every 100 hours, another thing you can do, uh, they won't allow you to extend the time. But if you use um, 
synthetic oil, it will just lengthen the life of your generator a little bit. But the thing is, I would recommend, especially if the weather's really hot, it doesn't hurt to turn your generator off and let it cool down for a bit. It's not going to do it any, it's not going to do it any harm by letting it rest occasionally. But officially from most customer support, they're going to tell you that if you're running it off of a, um, a, a fuel source, like a 500 pound propane tank or a natural gas line, you can let it run until it's due for an oil change. Uh, Renegade Butcher, a UPS, will keep your computer on for a bit and save your work while your backup power kicks in. Absolutely. And he said, you may have 10 minutes or so on a small one, but it's a good buffer. It, uh, yes. And it'll save your button a power spike too. So say you have a big document you're working on. Most computers automatically save them now, but it's good to know. And if you just even have a blip, you know, where the power just kind of spikes or acts up for a second, it will take care of your computer so that it doesn't restart. They're good to have. I've had my eye on a few. I'm looking at a couple of the bigger ones because I'd like to use it as a, a backup to a backup to a backup for power supply. But yes, look into a UPS, guys. They're worth it. And I don't mean the parcel service either. So the next one comes from John Weber. And he said, uh, we purchased two of the same generator in the box over two years ago. He said, the recent hurricane that came through Florida, Ian, prompted us to take one of them out of the box. Just had to add the oil supplied in the box. And after adding gas, it fired up and worked so well. He said, we ran two fridges, a freezer. This is about the ferment as well. Then he said, I got a question for you. Is there any advantage to plugging directly into the 110 outlets on a generator versus plugging into the supplied plug-in cord that comes with it? Now, here's the thing. They're, they should both work perfectly fine. Whether you have built-in, whether you're using the built-in 110 outlets on the generator itself, or if you're using the plug-in splitter. So mine comes with a, I think it's a 30 amp twist lock goes in, or maybe it's a 50. And then it comes out to four 110 regular outlet plugs. And there's no difference. The power that comes out of them are the same, but if you don't need to use that splitter, I wouldn't use the splitter. The splitter has a built-in fuse in it or a little circuit breaker, but so do the plugs on the machine itself. I'm a big fan of keeping things as simple as possible. So if you only need the amount of plugs that are in the generator, then go directly to the generator. There's no reason to add one more point of failure because that has that little reset in it. And if it trips, you don't might you might not know what's going on. So Again, keep things as simple as possible. If you don't need more than two or four plugins, then plug in directly to the generator. If you need more than that, then use the splitter and do that. But yeah, I'm always a fan of making things as simple as possible. We're going to shout out to Kentucky Sustainable Living. How are you this evening, sir? And we are going to move on to Scott. He said, my question is propane v. diesel. He said, my thoughts are in a shit hits a fan situation, diesel will be more available than propane and natural gas can be shut off. Your thoughts. Oh boy, this one always gets me a little riled up. I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way. First off, propane versus diesel. At least for a week. Okay, if we're talking end of the world, grid down, horrible situation, well, that that's a whole nother story. None of us have seen that in our lifetime and hopefully we never will. But if you are, you're probably going to be stuck with whatever you have stored on hand. So store some propane because propane lasts indefinitely. Put it in tanks. I know it's a little more, you know, difficult to, it's more big and cumbersome and that sort of thing, but store it, have it on hand as much as you can. Uh, now, if it's in a short-term power outage, yeah, I would say diesel is going to be your best bet. Uh, and that's what most of us end up dealing with. The average power outage is what, two to four hours. And the average person has two or three power outages a year. So in most instances, you're not even going to need extra fuel. Uh, and if they come during the summer and it's not too hot out, you're not even going to need power for that little bit of time. Now, my little pet peeve here is natural gas can be shut off. Yeah, natural gas can be shut off. Absolutely. And if you live in earthquake country or wildfire country, then that may be more of a concern for you. But my big thing is, you know, natural gas is always there. It's always on. It's an, I, I joke, I call it an unlimited supply. People on TikTok get so mad when I call it an unlimited supply because 
I don't mean it's unlimited. I know it's a resource and I know that it can be shut off. But what I'm trying to say is in our decade on the prairies, we have seen innumerable power outages, probably one a year. We have never seen a natural gas outage. Now, is it possible? Friggin' right it's possible. Do people see natural gas outages? Yes, but they are, the numbers are there. They are so much more rare than a power outage. So why not tap into that? But also, two is one, one is none, three is a guarantee. So why not have a multi-fuel generator that you can run on multiple sources of fuel and have some of each stored on hand? Being constantly scared that natural gas is going to get shut off in an emergency? I mean, sure, know your situation, know, know your local geography and that kind of thing, but I'm not going to live with that fear. I'm going to use it. I'm going to tap into it because 95% of the time I'm good. But when I'm not, I'm going to tap into the 60 gallons of gas I have stored or the one, two, three, six 30-pound tanks of propane I have, right? So just, yeah, don't get so caught up in the, well, this could be shut off. Well, it could, but you know what? How about we look towards solutions instead of possible problems? And how about we work with what we have to start with? Um, Renegade says propane can run generators as well as camp stoves, turkey cookers, grills, and a lot more. Good luck cooking on gasoline. Amen to that. Yes, I like propane. It's cleaner. It tends to have about 20% less wattage or less power in it compared to the same engine running on gasoline. But propane is great. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Natural gas is kind of the same way, but, well, sorry, if, if you have the proper things hooked up. But propane is probably, no, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say propane is the most versatile fuel. I like that, Renegade. You're absolutely right on that. You can cook. There's so much you can do. Yes, and, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to cook on gasoline. That would be uh, rather off-putting, let's put it that way. <laughs> James White says, uh, <laughs> This is an interesting question, guys. We're going to talk about it. How do you bypass the CO sensor on a generator? <laughs> oh, you guys can probably figure out what my answer is going to be to that. But uh, I run mine in a vented shed and it keeps tripping the CO alarm and then it shuts off. Well, the first rule of survival is don't end up dead. Because if you end up dead, well, then you failed at the game of survival, right? few years back, quite a few years back on the East Coast where I grew up, down on the islands, they would lose power quite a bit. And there was an elderly couple who decided the weather was too shitty to run their generator outside, so they put their generator in their front porch, burnt their house down. Yeah, so you don't want to lose your house because of a stupid generator thing. You don't want to lose your life because of a CO buildup, carbon monoxide. Now here's the thing. If it's an enclosed shed, and I mean one you can't climb into, I'm still not going to bypass the CO alarm. It's there for a reason. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put more ventilation in. I'm going to put an electric turbine vent on there that I can plug directly into my generator so that when my generator's running, that thing's running and it's hauling the carbon monoxide out of there. That's my solution. I don't like to bypass safety features because they're there for a reason. They're there to look out for you. That's like, I don't know, gluing the top on your fire extinguisher and then not being able to use it because, you know, there's a chance it might cause you grief or something. But no, I I have no interest in bypassing those kind of safety sensors. I'm not saying I haven't done something like that over the years, but I think you're looking at it wrong. Put more ventilation in there, you know, even a little, even one of those powered wind turbine or powered uh, attic turbines or a powered fan that opens up and kicks on, that's going to be enough. I've seen some of the smallest generator sheds on the market that people have built that they put those in there and they plug them in. And so what ends up happening is it's not free power, but it's not costing anything because your generator is already generating power. So more ventilation instead of trying to bypass something that may save your life someday. So next question. This one comes from John. He says, hey, Tim, any thoughts for an added muffler to quiet down a generator? Thanks for all you do. Really helpful, John. So, okay, I have looked at different sheds. I haven't built one yet. It's probably not going to happen until next year. I don't really need a generator shed, but I want to build one for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I like to learn and test things out, and I really want to do a video on it. I want to take some things from a bunch of different people try their suggestions and see what happens. But, you know, you want to insulate that and then you want to 
Anytime you can make a right angle inside of a shed, it's going to help dampen the sound that's coming out of the generator. But anyway, that can all be dealt with. Now, in some places, you just can't build a shed. So I did some research online. This is not an endorsement of this product, but it looks pretty cool. It's called the Gen Silencer. I reached out to the company. I never heard back from them. I was really hoping they might want to send one out my way so I could test it out. But um, it looks really cool. It just looks like a dirt bike muffler that you can, that basically comes with adapters that allow you to adapt it to any type of generator. Now, here's the thing. It's not going to quiet all the rattling and bumping and that kind of noise that generators make when a, a gas powered engine is running, but it is going to get rid of that high pitched, you know, whine that comes out of the exhaust end of things. So I've been looking into the gen silencer. I may end up just buying one anyway to test it out, but it sure would be fun to get my hands on one and try it. But that was the only product I found. If any of you guys out there have recommendations for other generator silencing uh, kind of products, I'd be game to hear about it. Uh, Renegade says solar powered attic fans. Those are great too. Yes. And he says, I want to make a generator shed out of cinder blocks filled with sand. I think that's a great idea. I wouldn't want to be inside it because I think the sound would bounce all around a little bit. You could always put, you know, high density fireproof foam or something in there, but I think that would be great. And it would be inexpensive, especially if you can find somebody tearing down an old cinder block building. We saved a ton of cinder blocks from my grandfather's old shed when they tore it down. Even when they come in and use a machine to knock them down, there's still tons of reusable bricks. So go buy demolition sites and see. I mean, I know cinder blocks aren't that expensive, but if you need enough to build a shed, why not check? All right. What do we got next? This one said, uh, Donald is his name. This one came through email. He said, hey, Tim, subscribe to your YouTube channel. I got a question. He said, uh, I was wondering if you know of any load meter that will work on a 50 amp outlet on a generator that will tell me how much power it's actually, how much power the items are consuming and how much power is coming out of the generator. So again, I had to do quite a bit of digging on this one and it was a pretty cool product I've seen before. It's basically a souped up surge protector for RVs. It's like a, a surge protector on steroids. It's called the power watchdog and it's basically kind of a, a one foot or two foot pigtail that you plug into the outlet and then you plug whatever you're using into that. And then it allows you to monitor, monitor amperage, voltage, and wattage through Bluetooth on your phone. So it looks pretty cool. Um, I will try to remember to put the links to that in the gen silencer in the show notes when we're done, guys. But it looks like a pretty interesting product. I've run across it a few times. The reviews on it are great. If anybody out there has tried it, uh, I should... Just trying to think of who I could reach out to in the RV community that may have tried it. But they're a little on the expensive side, but they're great. I love the idea of being able to follow whatever's happening to your generator by Bluetooth. So it's kind of an interesting product for sure. Now, this one came from Joel, uh, Joe, sorry. I don't know if we're going to read the whole thing. It's quite long, but basically it's what apocalypse are you preparing for? This was a response to... Uh, the episode I did with Ryan on post-apocalyptic currency. And I mean, that was kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of fun episode where we got to talk about a lot of things that we enjoy. You know, we weren't necessarily saying the world was going to collapse tomorrow and we were going to end up, you know, needing to rely on that currency. But it's a fun exercise to talk about and see maybe someday we might. But in other words, he said, which apocalypse are you preparing for? Nuclear or probably survival if you live far away from a target? Being grid independent lets you dodge most public utility problems. The pandemic needs food supplies, water, or filters. Maybe masks and some of the less common but useful drugs. Political unrest or war is usually not too bad if you don't live right in it. Famine, food rationing, other supply shortages. Just what you have uh, is just what you need before. Smokeless powder primers are hard to make, but black powder isn't too bad. Uh, look into, anyways, and then he goes into some of the plans and that kind of stuff. Um, then he said, uh, then look to see how close you are to cover some of the less likely situations. Um, the key is looking at the likelihood of each apocalyptic situation and then choosing preps to survive the most likely ones. Okay, so here's the thing. I heard this. I was actually watching some of Nat, the preparedness guy's videos earlier today, prepping for the show. And he said something that kind of stuck with me. He said, all disasters are local disasters. All apocalypse are personal apocalypse. 
Uh, so for me, I want to prepare for my life changing in one way or another, whether it's health, whether it's weather, whether it's finances. And the thing is, it doesn't need to be for an EMP or a tactical nuclear strike or a worldwide pandemic or a war. Because the thing is that proper modern preparedness will make your life better, even if nothing bad ever happens. I'm sure you guys have heard that before. But here's the thing. Prepping for small, individual, local disasters, things that can happen to you personally. Hey, there he Look at that. And there's the preparedness guy. I speak and he shall show up. So yes, there's Nat. He's going to be on tomorrow night, actually. We're going to have a rare Friday night live stream. It's going to be a lot of fun. The thing is, if you prepare properly and you're preparing for the most likely thing, then you're going to find out that the preparations you've done will apply to almost any scenario. I got Dave, uh, Dave Jones, the NBC guy, the nuclear, biological, and chemical expert on the show about a year ago now, talking about building an underground bunker and things. And I had him go through all of the things that he said a person would need to survive a nuclear fallout event that wasn't right next door to them. And do you know that basically everything he mentioned was things I already had because I was already preparing for more common disasters. The only thing I didn't have was some sort of radiological meter, like a Geiger counter or something. Still don't have one. I've looked quite often on mirror safety products recently, and I probably will get one at some point. But it was pretty cool to see how much of that overlaps. So when you're looking at whatever ends up, oh, Chuck says Ed knows a wealth of knowledge for NBC. So Ed from Iridium, guys, we're going to have him on here. Uh, I think it's November November 3rd. I don't want to tell you for sure. It's pre-booked. If you go to the YouTube channel, you'll see. So I'll pick his brain quite a bit on that as well. I got a feeling Ed's going to be a guy that's going to come back on multiple occasions. He's a busy dude, but he really knows his shit. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty cool to talk to Dave Jones about that because there's so much overlap. And if you're if you're working hard to be prepared for whatever it is that you're nervous or scared or whatever about, the cool thing is, is that being prepared for one thing probably makes you almost prepared for just about anything else. So don't get lost on these super weird, like whatever brings, so many people come to prepping and preparedness because of something. Whether it was, what was it that I read the other day? There was uh, asteroids coming. I think it was called the Icarus, the Icarus asteroids, I Icarus meteors in 1962 or 68. And a bunch of people in California headed to the hills because they thought the world was going to end. You know, or if it was 1999, you know, been prepping since Y2K, whether it was the Mayan calendar expiring in 2012, whatever you're scared shitless of and brings you to prepping, chances are that one thing's probably not going to happen. And if it does, well, that's a whole nother story. But if it brings you there, if you're a little bit scared or a little bit nervous, that's okay. But use that as motivation to prep for the things that are way more likely to happen. Like somebody I talked to the other day in the workshop community who went into work, went out to lunch with his boss, and his boss said, hey, you're a good guy, but we don't need you anymore. How do you react to that, guys? Now, if you're prepping for, I don't know, if, if you're building a fortified nuclear shelter in your basement before you've filled your pantry, before you've put money in your bank account, before you've stored fuel, you're doing something wrong. But if you're prepping for the most likely scenarios, then yeah, it's still going to suck donkey balls to get called in. I've been on that end uh, where I got called in and said, hey, we're laying you off. It sucks. But if you're prepped and prepared for the things that are most likely to happen, and I'm not talking about a coronal mass ejection or a CME or what, whatever, I'm talking about the drop dead things that really could happen to you, then it's going to take the sting out of getting that conversation with your boss. It's still going to suck. But you know what? You're going to be able to weather it better than 99% of all the people out there. So whatever it is your personal apocalypse is you're preparing for, take your time. Say, am I being practical about this? Because I can promise you that, well, up until this year, worldwide food shortages weren't something that we probably ever thought we'd have to deal with in our lifetime. But if it's something crazy and asinine and way out there, it's not doing you any favors to start there. Start with the things that are most likely to happen to you 
And then when shitty situations do happen, you're going to be prepared and you're going to be surprised at how much overlap there is. So something a little more fun, guys. We are going to, you know, if you guys have any questions you want me to talk about tonight, uh, it might be a little shorter episode. I don't mind taking some time and chatting with you guys. I always love it. We've had a great crowd in here tonight. Um, everybody's a little quiet over in the, uh, in the YouTube chat though. So what do you guys, what have you guys been up to this week or what are you doing tonight? Because like I said, everybody's been uh, a little on the quiet side. always love having you here, but I want to share with you the best boostograms of the last 30 days from fountain.fm. And for those of you who do or don't know what uh, boostergram is, that is when an episode of my podcast goes up, somebody listens to it and they like it. They can tip me with sats, which is like the pennies of Bitcoin to the dollar. And they can say, hey, you're an idiot, Tim. I don't agree with you, but it's their platform. They get to say what they want. Anyway, no, these are some of the better ones. I really enjoyed them. So this first one is a guy who is hustling his ass off, and I really like hearing it. Now, I don't know how to pronounce the name. The usernames on Fountain are kind of funny. This one might be Koopa Ducky, <laughs> C-O-O-P-E-D-U-K-Y. Pretty cool name. But he said, right now, I am listening to your episode as I seal my parents' patio and sidewalk to learn how, how to do it with a paint roller. And he said, I'm going full bore, or as I like to say, balls to the wall next week. How awesome is that? I love it. I just, I love, love, love hearing that. I just, yeah, story time. But back before I ever was doing any of this when I was just, and I mean just first starting my handyman business. It wasn't even part-time, part-time. It was just, you know, I was listening to Jack Spirico on the Survival Podcast and he was talking about going after your hustle and getting out there and working morning, noon, and night. And that just happened to be, I was working like eight or nine o'clock that night after my regular job. And I was down hugging a toilet, trying to install it. It was a, just a shitty, sorry for the pun, a real shitty job. And I just remember thinking, yep, this is the hustle I need. And this uh, Koopa Ducky, keep it up. I love hearing about that. Absolutely. Uh, Renegade Butcher said, been working on processing a bunch of wild pigs and tweaking some seasoning blends. Uh, I've got to order some from you, Josh. I haven't done that yet. And uh, I'm a sucker for seasoning blends. Um, I got some from Mel that I still haven't tried yet, Mel. I won at Self-Reliance Festival. Uh, so yeah, um, I'll get there, but yeah, cool. I like hearing that Josh is going right into busy season because it'll be hunting real soon. Martinson said we shot eight gross this afternoon, right on preparedness guy says that toilet smells like money every single time. There's a guy I follow on, I was TikTok or Instagram, but he, uh, I forget what he calls it, but he, he is a septic pumper and he always says it smells like money because it does. You can make a lot of money doing the shittiest jobs for some people, guys. Now, this next one came from Zordon. I love that name. I'm not sure where that came from, but it sure sounds like a, uh, you know, an arch nemesis of the Power Rangers or something like that. But he said, this was, if you guys remember, I left the hotel in Tennessee and left my pillows behind, which weren't so bad, but my wife's expensive pillowcases were on them. So she gave me shit over it. She showed me the bill when she ordered replacements. So he said, use an obnoxious pillowcase when traveling. He said, it will help your mind. It'll help you see it when you're getting ready to leave. But that was kind of a cool tip. He said, I've lost my favorite pillow the same way and I nearly cried. Love that tip. Thank you, Zordon. I got to try to remember that. I, yeah, I'm going to travel with my pillows again this time. I promise, honey, if you're listening, I won't lose the pillowcases again because I'm slack. All right, next one. This one was cool. Uh, Evan Young, he said, here is an extra tip for you on this episode. He said, for the Blues Brothers reference, he said, and especially well played for coming up with it while driving. I believe that was the episode that I recorded between North Carolina and Nashville or Camden, wherever I was heading that night. And it was dark. And I said, we had sunglasses on and we had a half a pack of smokes or a full pack of smokes. And it was a Blues Brothers reference, but I appreciated that someone else caught that. So uh, Kentucky Sustainable Living says, I've been getting everything ready for our food forest class I'm doing this weekend at the house. I cannot wait, man, to hear about the success of that. I love it. There's so much cool stuff going on right now. I, I don't even have time to plug everything for people. I love it, but, um, send me the results or if there's still spaces available, which I'm guessing there probably isn't where it's this close, but if there is, and you want tickets, uh, sold, just send the link and we'll, we'll, we'll ship it out there for you guys. Anybody, anybody who has an event, 
I've said this a thousand times, and I hope you get tired of me hearing this, but uh, a rising tide floats all boats. There is no reason that you need to jump on your neighbor's boat and put a hole in the hull and let it sink because we're all in this together. We all want to succeed. That's the beauty of capitalism. Uh, when one person succeeds, another person succeeds as well. Some people might say, well, not modern capitalism. Well, that's a whole other story, but I'm talking about anarcho-capitalism. But all I want to do is see everybody succeed. I want everybody to make money and everybody to be happy, healthy, and doing what they want to do. So anytime you got an event, send it to me. If you're not sure if you should post it in my Telegram group, just ask. I'm sure I'll tell you yes, but we're pretty good as long as you give as much as you receive. So if you're in there, you know, if you're, you know, um, Prince so-and-so who just came in to let us know about his latest Bitcoin scam, you're probably going to get banned. But if you are an, a member of the community and you're doing shit, come on in and promote it because that's what I want to hear. Um, Chuck says, anyone wanting to discuss customizable medical training, get a hold of me. Yes, get a hold of Mr. Charles Pete. No, Chuck Peoples. Um, I don't know if your link will, I don't know if um, the auto kind of filtering will kill that link or not. But if you want to type in the easiest way to find you, Chuck, that would be great. And Kentucky Sustainable Living says, we are planning on doing a video of all of it for YouTube. Send me the link and I will share it out on social for you. Uh, now this one came from Zordon said, uh, boost before I even listened to your episode, I sent you a tip. He said, thank you so much for the show on an episode 159 regarding the Marge buckets. I don't know if you guys remember that, but we were trying to come up with a name, you know, the orange buckets from home Depot are the Homer buckets. And he came up with the name of the Marge buckets for the Lowe's blue buckets. He said, big smiles here as I sometimes don't get to hear all your content because there's just so much of it. <laughs> But he said, big smile on my face after having a tough few days. I love that. I really, really appreciate hearing that I brought a smile to somebody's face because that's one thing that I'm not good at is making people laugh. Yeah, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and also, he said, if you are doing a year of patches, consider making stickers as I have more places that I could put stickers than patches. So that got me thinking. I had always planned on doing a sticker of the month as well for maybe like $5 a month. I don't really know. But if you guys are interested in, say, a $5 a month sticker subscription instead of a patch, uh, like we're all obviously the patch things going gangbusters. But if there's enough interest in a sticker club, I may just do that as well. So let me know, guys. That's what I thought. Chuck, sorry about that. Um, if you send it to me through email or in the Telegram group, I will share it out there for you guys. But it said he won't let him post a link. That happened to me the other day in the live stream with Nicole and John. I tried to post the link for my homemade um, Hornet's Nest Destroyer. And I posted it in both groups and it just wouldn't go through. Mel is working on recipes for November seasoning blend. Uh, seasoning blend of the month club tonight. Oh, I like that. Make sure you send me the link for that, Mel, and we will we will promote that for you as well because I want everybody to succeed. I want everybody to make money, and I want you guys to do great things because if you've noticed those, uh, I've recorded two um, episodes while driving in the truck recently, and I'm going to put a real, real push on entrepreneurship because I have a list of the, what I call the pillars of preparedness. And one I had to have in there that a lot of people won't, uh, that don't necessarily think about it, was entrepreneurship. And all the shit we've gone through over the last couple of years, being your own boss made all of it way more easy. Way easier? I don't know. Anyway, but the freedom that comes with it. And I'm not going to beat the entrepreneurial horse tonight because you guys know, you ever hear that? If you, if you keep beating a dead horse, all you get is a bigger mess. And it's true. But I'm going to keep beating that dead horse because entrepreneurship, to me, is a huge step toward freedom. And we want more self-reliance. We want more independence. And of course, who doesn't want to make more income as well and more freedom of schedule? That's probably my favorite. Uh, Kentucky says the stickers would be cool. Uh, we may just do that. Um, if I hear from a few people out there, I think I I've been wanting to order stickers that match up with the patches anyway. Might be one of those things, like five bucks a month, you get a sticker. I think I can make that work financially, I think. We'll see. Might need to be, I don't know. Man, I hate doing six. I like five bucks for sure. But anyway, we'll see where it ends up. But it might be one of those things where the stickers get thrown into the patch orders for people with patches as well. Because I always try to make sure you guys get more value from your orders than you're necessarily expecting. 
<laughs> oh, that's that's a winner for tonight. So uh, Renegade Butcher says, that's how you get more tender cutlets, better than beating the live horse. That is true. Yes, it helps um, helps break down the rigor mortis by beating the dead horse, right? <clears throat> what did Mo say? If wishes were horse meat, I'd be eating horse every night. I can't. Yeah, anyway, I, kind of funny from the Simpsons, but... All right, guys. Um, yeah, this was a good episode. We've got a lot. I just realized I'm going to be live the next four nights. Well, tonight and then three more. So we have got, um, oh, uh, Martinson family, how many ounces of silver? What uh, was that? Um, clarify that question a little bit, Martinson. I'm sure you're talking about the silver we made. Uh, you're wondering how many we sold or have we have any more available? While, while you're asking about it, while you're going to clarify, I'll just mention that we are taking pre-orders for the next batch of silver. It's going to be a bit different because I want that first batch to be the only batch that has 22 on the back for the year and that design. That will be the first and original workshop silver order. I think I just heard from Ryan tonight, the guy who does our silver. He just got my new die, which is going to be an inverted design of it. We'll deal with that down the road, but I'm pretty excited because, uh, man, I love that silver. I held a few back for me. I went to, since we're talking about silver, um, oh, how many, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely take silver for that. Um, we'll talk about that, Martinson. We'll, I would I would work it out to whatever is as close to, like, if, if you wanted a year's membership in the patches, which is 100 bucks, 100 bucks US, but for my Canadian friends, I do 100 Canadian because we'll just figure out what the closest announces to silver are. And I, I would work that out. I would love that. That would be fun. The only thing I'd be worried about would be sending the damn silver through the mail. But you know what? All the silver I just sent so far, it's all made it to the people. So that's really exciting. Hey, John Palmer. John, is you, you're in here at the end again. John is such a busy dude, but he always makes sure he comes in and says hello. I really enjoy that. So yeah, what did, uh, we've got. So tonight we had generators. Tomorrow night we got Nat, the preparedness guy, which is an absolute cool dude. Um, loves his root beer. So uh Hopefully I'll bring him a root beer tomorrow night, but he's going to uh, just, a. I can't wait for that conversation. Saturday night, we are going to be, uh, me and Mrs. Cook, Mrs. Toolman, we're going to be doing part two of our top 20 horror movies because it's Halloween and because it's my show and we can, and we love to talk about horror movies once in a while. So that's kind of weird. Uh, and then Sunday, 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 who do I have? If anybody remembers, I didn't write it down and I probably should have. But uh, this Sunday evening, still can't find it there, guys. Sorry. Uh, we got Nate. Andy. Andy's coming back. Andy Higginbotham is coming back on for, um, we're going to talk more about tech. I'm pretty excited about that. Yes, Kentucky, if you have, I'm yes, I would. Okay, I'm going to put it out there, guys. If anybody has any of the zombie bucks in silver, I would definitely love to do a trade for them. Whether, and I would give you a premium for them because... It's just one of them stupid things that I'm a sucker for. So if you've seen any of them Zombox, they're really cool. They're like one ounce silver coins and they have, they kind of remind me of like the pride and prejudice and zombies thing. But yeah, if anybody has any out there that wants to trade, I'd gladly uh, do some kind of crypto or silver or patches, whatever it happens to be. That would be a lot of fun to do. Um, ITS Tactical. John just says, do I know ITS Tactical? Why do I know that name? Ask me a question like that live and then I forget. I, I'm not sure, John. How come? I know I've run into them before. I just can't think of anybody else out there knows. But uh, yeah, Zombucks would be cool. And Martinson, I will gladly, if you want to send me a PM or an email at the real Tim Cook, we can work out a trade for silver. Damn right. I will take silver all day of the week. And I got paid gold to mow lawns this summer. That was a pretty cool thing. You never know if a customer, I don't know. I just talk about precious metals all, oh, Jack Spearco's friend, right. And they do t-shirts and things. That's right. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, you never know. Just talk about precious metals with people. Just say, hey, you ever, anyway, it, somebody says, yeah, I do that. Well, maybe we'll do some trading or things like that. But uh, yeah, uh, an SEO, um, special operations, oh, SEO, search engine optimization. I'm wondering if that's what he means there. All kinds of cool questions tonight, guys. But yeah, so silver. Definitely down for silver. We just have to do it on a case-by-case -case basis, depending on what it's worth. And uh, then just contact me directly at therealtimcook at gmail.com. At some point, I really need to change that. I figured you meant SOE, Renegade, <laughs> Special Operations Equipment. Yes, another plug for John. Not participating in your new normal. 
made in the motherfucking USA. I love that. Yeah, pretty cool. And yeah, so guys, I think we will wrap it up there. This has been a good episode. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, you know, because you know what happens there. But we will be back tomorrow evening with Nat, the preparedness guy. Really excited about that. Oh, yes. John Palmer says they do lock picking and knot tying and stuff on their YouTube. We will check that out. Um, I think I was just on ITS the other night because I just ordered some bump keys for Wiser, Quickset, Slage, and Master Locks because I'm going to at least attempt bump keying for picking some of these locks for the um, bank places I have to deal with. I always hate talking about it completely, but yeah, we'll, uh, I'm going to try to learn because I'm really tired of drilling out locks, but. All right, guys, that's it for me this week. We will see you tomorrow. Drop by. Uh, the link is already up. You will see the live stream um, ahead of time scheduled on the YouTube channel tomorrow night with Nat. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. <laughs>